Hello and welcome to the Not From This Planet podcast, where we talk about books, writing, publishing and lots of other stuff. Hello and welcome to the Not From This Planet podcast. Today is a very special day because it is launch day of The Magical Dragon Mirror by Michelle Louise Gordon. So Michelle, are you excited? so excited <laughs> <laughs> well to be honest just excited that we got it we got there we did it <laughs> oh brilliant amazing it's been such a crazy um year so far that um yeah it's quite amazing that it actually uh yeah it's actually done yes a busy one definitely yeah <laughs> so the magical yeah. dragon mirror is part of the magical doorway series Yes, it's book number three. Um, although, you know, each of the books can be read individually without, you know, they don't have to be read in that order or anything like that. Um, there's just a sort of small nod in each one to the previous characters. So, yeah, even though obviously it's a series, it's, um, yeah, it's nice that you can just read them in whatever order you want or just one if you want to. And so. it's a children's book series, but of course, any age can enjoy yeah, so the the reading age, we've kind of laid it out as the reading age of, of 8 to 12. So, you know, the type is reasonably spaced and a reasonable size. Um, although I have to admit, I have been um, told by many of my much older readers that they love how big the type is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been enjoyed um, people from the ages of three to, you know, 83. I mean, it's um, there isn't really an age on it, but uh, yeah, it is sort of aimed at eight to 12 year olds. Brilliant. So where did the inspiration come for dragons for this one? Um, well, each <laughs> it's quite funny. I mean, this is something that you should always think about before you start writing a series. Little tip here. Um, is that if it's gonna be, you know, the magical doorway series, um, there's not actually many different words for door. <laughs> <laughs> of course I didn't think about this before I started writing the story because the fairy door was very easy. That was, you know, that was obvious. Um and it was a conversation with me and my partner on the way up to North Wales um to collect something. And um he suggested mirror, which I thought was a brilliant idea because, you know, a mirror could be a portal. I mean in a lot of fairy tales, I think mirrors are portals, aren't they? Yeah. So um yeah, so the magical dragon mirror. And I think because I was always kind of a bit sad that I never included dragons in the Earth Angel series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which always seemed a bit of a, an oversight, really. There should have been some dragons. Mm. So, yeah. Um, and each each book in the Doorway series is a different magical being or creature. Um, so, yeah, we've I have actually got the rest of the titles for the rest of the series. Um already sort of mapped out and uh yeah the dragons um mostly came from that that trip up to north wales and then um the actual sort of inspiration for some of the locations mentioned in there was from another trip to north wales um where i actually went on a underground cave boat trip <laughs> wow. um to learn all about king arthur and the dragons so that was sort of some of the inspiration for that as well Brilliant. So it was just, it was time for dragons at this point. Yeah. And it's funny actually, because there's, there's quite a few other people doing books on dragons and it's like, it's the year of the dragon, I feel this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you can ever have enough dragon stories. No, definitely not. Because I don't know whether it's um, 
part of you know being Welsh or coming from Wales or living in Wales you do have a special thing for dragons I think <laughs> yeah and I actually started writing a dragon book um goodness years ago back at the when I launched the Earth Angel Training Academy actually I started writing a dragon book then um and didn't get very far with it obviously <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah I did have a sort of an inkling back then just like oh I'd love to write something about dragons um and like I said I always sort of thought I probably should have included them in the uh, in the Earth Angel series but they didn't quite fit the um the whole idea of Earth Angels didn't really fit with dragons um so yeah it's uh yeah there is definitely a, a Welsh thing I think um I mean one of our other authors um is uh, Nala, I never know how to say the name, Nala Halevi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole dragon trilogy as well. And that's set in, in North, in, well, in West Wales, actually. So, yeah, I think there's, um, there's a definite sort of dragon um, vibe going on. The unicorns are over, it's dragon time. Yeah, move over, <laughs> unicorns. You've had your time. <laughs> Although hopefully there will be a unicorn one later on in the series as well. I think that was one of the titles. I'm not sure, actually. How many titles <laughs> were there? Were there seven? Um, seven with a Christmas bonus. Oh, I love so, a Christmas bonus. <laughs> and do, yeah. do you know what? I love Christmas books. I know they're impossible to market, apart from like yeah. at Christmas. But um, I do love a Christmassy book. There's something about them that's just rather nice i think so i'm quite looking forward to writing the christmasy one i've got a few ideas for that one but it's not um i haven't started it yet although i have started the ideas for the fourth book um mainly because the the dragon mirror story kind of didn't feel quite finished when i finished it um i had ideas of what would have happened a bit later on mm-hmm. so i've sort of decided that that's going to be um blended into the next book um so the beginning of the next book will be we'll see a couple of the characters from the dragon mirror um so you can sort of get a bit of an idea of a continuation of their story so that's pretty cool um but yes haven't started writing it yet just just written some notes so let's talk about the themes from all three of the books so far yeah, so the it was funny when I started writing um, the first one, I kind of thought that I would follow in a similar sort of um, vein for each one because the fairy door was about, you know, recycling and um, looking after nature and respecting nature and that kind of thing. And that's what fairies are all about, basically. Um, so when I did the mermaid book, I thought the theme would be similar, but just in a sort of more sea-based <laughs> way. Yeah. Um, and there are sort of little bits, you know, where they, they do some litter picking on the beach and that kind of thing. But the theme for the mermaid ended up being quite different in that the theme really is more about um, sort of life after death and losing, you know, losing a sort of family member. So there was kind of more of a kind of a theme of of loss i suppose in that one and of accepting that you know when somebody dies they just go home um mm. and so that had quite a different theme to it so then with the dragon um it's got a completely different theme again um which i quite i quite like i mean obviously there's some sort of formula to the stories in that it's about a child who meets a magical being who enters through a different realm and that kind of thing go through a portal um but with the dragon um, the theme was kind of around the idea of hoarding um, and that, you know, people who hoard, you know, why do they hoard? What 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 motivates them? What what's the reasoning and that kind of thing? And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you and me both have some experience with hoarding. 
Um, we do, we do. Perfect experience. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it is quite interesting to think of the sort of motivations and the reasons and, and the thinking kind of behind it. And I suppose I wanted, a, I wanted to give a slightly different angle, a slightly different reason for why people might hoard um in the dragon book so that was quite sort of fun to give that kind of different angle so that because a lot of people really are quite judgmental about the idea of hoarding and i understand that it's because quite often hoarding means that you know people end up getting um pest problems and you know it's not very healthy environment at all to be in um so i understand the sort of the, the bad side of hoarding obviously um but also yeah it's it is quite complicated all the reasons why um people end up hoarding um but i don't feel like they're being you know people judging other people for hoarding or you know being quite sort of i don't know angry or rude about it <laughs> it's really yeah. going to help um and yeah it's a very sort of complicated thing to sort of experience i suppose and I mean, I don't know yeah. if you've ever watched hoarding programs. I've watched quite a lot of hoarding programs. I, I have. Um, as you said, we, we do have a sort of personal experience yeah. with, with hoarding and, you know, family members that might be hoarders and things like that. Um, uh, but one, one thing that I quite enjoyed in Dragon Mirror is that the, um, you know, the state of the outside and everything had shown how other people had characterized the, you know, the the character. Yeah, yeah. You know, as being not, you know, someone to avoid. Yeah. Because you know she's struggling to keep her house in order, basically. So basically, avoid her, and she's, you know, not worth anyone's time. You know, there's yeah. that as well, which I think is is realistic because it, you know people do think like that. If someone's got a real mess in their garden, they think, oh god, you know. Yeah, and most of the time it's you know, it's overwhelm. I mean, as we know, you know, um, there is actually a link between um, ADHD and hoarding. And Mm. it's very much a case of it gets so far, and then it's just too overwhelming to even contemplate doing anything about it. Yeah, I mean, where do you start? It suddenly becomes, you know, insurmountable, doesn't it? And also, there is also a sort of trait as well that when you once you've started something, you've got to finish it. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you can't with something like that when something's so big and so out of control, you can't do it all in one hit. It does have to be a little bit by little bit thing, and that's something that's quite tricky um, for somebody who has ADHD or for a lot of people. Just to be able to do little and often is not it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of an all or nothing sort of thing. Oh, and... little and often is a major struggle of mine. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, does it? I mean, that's oh. that's why I hate exercise because it's so incremental it's in progress. I'm like, nope, can't bother. <laughs> I, I want to go. I want to go all in, and I'm done. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and that's that is tricky. I mean, I you know, I'll sort of have too much stuff everywhere, and I'll look at it and I'll be like, it's too much to deal with all in one go. I've got to have the energy. I've got to have the sort of the time. Um, and most of the time, you know, we are constantly running around just, yeah, sort of without the actual space and time and brain space to be able to contemplate sorting it out. And then, of course, every day it just gets added to and added to and added to and added to. And then, you know, before you know it, it's just completely out of control. And I think, yeah, I think it's sort of in the Dragon Mirror kind of hopefully show that, you know, it just takes one person to sort of go, why don't I help you? You yes. know, why don't I kind of, and in this case, because it's a child, 
it's coming from a very innocent, non-judgmental place mm, because, yeah. you know, he's not sort of going, oh, you know, this is a mess. And of course, you know, there is a sort of slight magical hint in that, in that he doesn't really know why he's, he's offering to help, but he knows that there's a reason, so he must help. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a very sort of, you know, simple, you know, naive kind of place. So, you know, she's not feeling like he's judging her. Um, for the mess and, he, and like his and his little sister as well they're just genuinely curious how it got to that place yeah. you know and in her case it was because her husband passed away and he was the one that kept everything in tech and that again is quite realistic there's a lot of people mm. who you know one of them wants to keep everything and hoard everything and the other person's really neat and tidy and doesn't yeah. and you know you kind of keep each other in balance and, and children are like this as well. I mean, I had a, without giving too much away, uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I was at a family member's house with my children recently and they, they are a hoarder. And, um, you know, the kids were just, you know, there was no like judgment there. They were just like, why is it like this? You know, <laughs> but yeah, in a, in a very innocent way, because it, you know, if you're a kid, you're like, oh, why is it like this? You know, yeah. it, they're not judging. They're just, and, and, you know they they will be like oh let, let, okay let's start to tidy it up then you know what I mean? it's it, like kids are kind yeah. of simple in that way aren't they whereas adults are a bit more compl- complex and will overthink things should I offer to help will they be upset if I offer to help you know what I mean whereas yeah kids are like, yeah do you want some help <laughs> you know? yeah. and that's another thing that's so interesting I think about the books and about the series is while they are magical stories they're also very human yeah yeah they're you know <laughs> Okay, we have got like fairies and mermaids and dragons going on here, but <laughs> we're also dealing with normal life stuff as well, aren't we? These, yes, these... yeah, it's yeah. like you know, kids sort of going up to big school, it's dealing with you know, losing a grandparent, it's dealing with divorce, it's but at the same time, it's it's not done in a sort of depressing way, hopefully. <laughs> no, um, no, it's not, you no. know, it's um, because I mean. Yeah, I remember sort of the stark difference between um, sort of children's TV in the States and, and the UK, you know, and, and children's TV in the UK is kind of like EastEnders, you know, it's really depressing. <laughs> it's all about bullying and, and, you know, death and divorce and all that kind of stuff. And I, I do have all, oh, it's <laughs> so depressing. Um, and I do have all of those themes in the books, but in a way that, like Seth, has some magic with it, you know, yes, yeah. um, and the focus is on these different magical beings and, and how they need help um you know it's it's kind of yeah it's addressing those things so that they're relatable so that kids actually kind of you know relate to the different characters and relate to the stories but um the focus isn't on the negative parts of it you know the focus is on sort of how how we can change things or how we can improve things um you know without without laboring it though you know it's yeah yeah it's it's part of the story because that's part of life but it's not the whole story you know the 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 sort of the theme or the mood of the story is that you know children can actually make a difference I think that's one of the main things themes of the whole series is that you know a child of 10 11 12 or even 8 you know can actually make a difference um you know just a sort of small act of kindness or you know looking at recycling things looking after things or sort of just spending time with older people who might be lonely or you know there's all these kind of different themes and ideas that um yeah it's about the fact that they they do actually make a difference that their actions matter um where you know and I think for me definitely as a sort of 
sort of early sort of tween teenager kind of thing my overall kind of overwhelming feeling was what what is what can I do to make a difference nothing I do nothing I do has any significance you know Mm. um and just feeling quite sort of helpless I suppose to actually affecting anything in a positive way um and yeah so I want kids to kind of know that actually yeah they 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 do make a difference (laughs) yeah you know they 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 can make a positive change um to the people or the world around them and um yeah that's uh that's kind of I suppose the over overall sort of idea and theme of the books so at the end of this episode you're going to read us chapter one of the magical dragon mirror but before we get to that I just want to ask, because this book is set in Wales and we have some Welsh names, whether you want to do the pronunciation for us all. Um, yeah, well, as good as I, as I can. <laughs> um, so, yes, the um, the main character um, is a boy who everybody calls him Walt, um, but his full name is Gwashta. Um <laughs> Which, um, and yeah, there's always kind of a little meaning behind the names and um, Gwashta actually is the Welsh version of Walter. And um, and the meaning of it is something like leader of armies or something, which I thought was quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his little sister is called Gwen Llian, um, but they mostly call her Gwen. And then the mother's name is Morwenna. And there's another character in there called Fion. Um, which is actually my niece's name. Um, and the character it's based on is, is a friend of mine who's actually called Fiona. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is sort of a little bit of a link in with all that. But yeah, the uh, I'm assuming that most people will probably just pronounce it Walter and Gwenlian because the sort of situation, the double L. Yeah. Um, but it just seems sort of nice to have a, you know, a bit more of a Welsh um nord in the dragon book you know um yeah the, the other two books are based um in wales the the fairy door is kind of based um approximately around monmouth um and then the the magical mermaid is is based um around barmouth in north wales so they do all have and this one is it's not i never specifically say exactly where <laughs> things are based because <laughs> i i kind of like the idea that kids can sort of think it's their own town you know it's their own yeah sort of village or whatever um but this one is kind of set in the welsh valleys um sort of south wales welsh valleys because you've got the sort of terraced house um and you know the sort of the hoarder next door and <laughs> just kind of has that sort of uh yeah the sort of energy of being in the welsh valleys and um the sort of little terrace houses that you get but course, um yeah to me though it's obviously set in my stake <laughs> see that's funny because yeah that wasn't really where I had in mind even I mean that's that's what I like about it is that we will sort of put it where we think it should be you know there's only um a couple of references to it not being too far away from the sea and um sort of being down in South Wales and yeah so I like that sort of slight vagueness um to the location um because then yeah it kind of fits but yes this one's got more of a sort of welsh vibe to it with the the names um and there's the occasional sort of phrase in there that i've put in there the welsh phrase so um but yes i'm hopefully people will have a go at saying gwallter and gwenllian but um 
but yeah, they'll probably just be uh, cursing me <laughs> for using uh, the double L names. <laughs> well, it's funny because I live in Llanelli, don't I? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So got the, the double double L. <laughs> or yeah, well, most people call it. Thing. Most people call it like Llanelli or Lanelli or something. Don't yeah, they? Lanelli. So, Lanelli. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's funny because when I was when I was younger, I, I I was quite like purist about being able to pronounce Welsh names, and um, I was always I always sort of said if you can't pronounce it, then you shouldn't live there. <laughs> and um, they they actually tried to pass a law up in North Wales saying exactly that, um, oh, wow. and and that was for the longest place name one. It was for Llanfairfort, oh, no. and they were basically saying if you can't if you can't say the Llanfairfort, then you shouldn't be able to live there. Um, but my, yeah. my biggest bugbear, my biggest one is in South Wales and it's a very simple one, but everybody who lives there pronounces it wrong. <laughs> it drives me a little bit crazy. And that's Pencoid. Oh, right. Pencoid. Oh God. When people call it Pencoid, <laughs> I, I just, I just want to scream. I'm like, it's clearly Coid. The, it's the O-E-D. <laughs> You've got to wonder, like, why why that's happening. It's not even difficult to say. Like, no, it's not no. even very Welsh sounding. <laughs> no, and do you know what's funny? Actually, is I've actually seen different variations of Pencoid. Um, there's one near here, actually, on the border, and they've put um, a Y where the E is. Oh, really? Which makes me think. Well, maybe people do actually then pronounce it right because Pencoid. Yeah. Like, it makes more sense, doesn't it? I suppose, but it'd be interesting to see how people like pronounce that um but I, yeah. I think people are getting better at it in general though like when we were young I don't think anybody knew much about Wales in general <laughs> but no it's um I mean pronunciation is really fun with with Welsh because yeah there's some weird characters and you know then you get the mutations and it just yeah it's, it's a pretty I'm strange a bit, I'm a bit lost when we get to the mutations I gotta admit like I you know I'm I'm pretty good with pronunciation but then when we get the mutations I'm lost well, it's, I suppose it's quite funny because having grown up speaking Welsh, you know, as a sort of dual first language, really, because, you know, I went to play school in Welsh and everything was in Welsh. And um, mm. I don't actually understand Welsh grammar, but I know what sounds right and what doesn't sound right. Mm. So to me, it's just, oh, yeah, that sounds right. But I couldn't tell you why. I couldn't tell you the rules. I couldn't tell you the, yeah. you know, the actual <laughs> structure is just like, yeah, that it should be like that because that's what sounds right. So... Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not the best when it comes to sort of like Welsh, um, yeah, grammar and that. And it's and there's still things that I, I still to this day we always get wrong, like you know, T and he, whether one's you know familiar and one's not, and all the rest of it. I have no idea. It's um, yeah, but yeah, let's, uh, let's not even get started by how certain you know normal everyday things in the Welsh language is different in different parts of Wales. Yeah, there are. Um, my my favourite, though, I have to admit, is the fact that in, in North Wales, they quite often just reverse the words. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I spent a good month or two being completely confused by my tutor in um, in school because she would yell Ruan at us all the time. And we'd just be thinking, what is Ruan? <laughs> what is it? And basically, it's now, which is just means like now then kind of thing um backwards and apparently there's a few words that they've just reversed which in a weird kind of way is quite funny because obviously in the magical doorway series that's basically what i do (laughs) is is for the magical lands they're reversed words Mm. um because in the fairy door you have ariaf in 
the magical mermaid um, portal you have Sitnalta. <laughs> and then obviously in the magical dragon mirror you have another one that's reversed which I won't give away but um, yeah so maybe there's some North Walian Welsh blood in me <laughs> maybe <laughs> but um, or maybe I just like reversing words you never know yeah so congratulations Michelle on another book published thank you yeah it's, um, <laughs> it feels like this one's been a bit epic <laughs> it's um, I've gotten out of the, the, the sort of practice of, of getting two books out a year and it's um, yeah it's been quite tricky I mean not to get anybody's hopes up, but there was the the hope that there would be another uh, magical doorway series book by the end of the year. But um, <laughs> life has been pretty busy, so um, I can't promise anything. But yes, going to see what we can do. Yeah, and you are now going to read us uh, the first chapter of the Magical Dragon Mirror. Oh, haven't even asked you what formats can we get this in. Oh, yeah. So um, from today, you should be able to get the paperback and Kindle version and the hardback, if it hasn't gone live quite yet, because it hadn't last time I checked, um, will be also available very soon as well. And um, yeah, if people are local, they can obviously pop into my new shop in Hereford, um, the Wish You Were Here store. And if you really want a... Um, signed copy then in the uk i can do signed copies as well so people can just drop me a message fab and give us the social media usernames um so yeah and if you want to follow or send a message online then instagram is at michelle gordon author and facebook is at author michelle gordon <laughs> just to mix things up like um, things backwards sometimes <laughs> yeah exactly um and yeah, or you can go to michellegordon.co.uk. Brill. Okay, well, another exciting day, and we are looking forward now to hearing the first chapter. The Magical Dragon Mirror, Chapter One. Worry not, fair maiden, I shall rescue you from the fearsome beast. <laughs> rescue me? I need no rescuing, knight. I am no fair maiden. I am the strongest and wisest warrior in all the land. Pretending to look shocked by his little sister's words of defiance, Walt drew his wooden sword and bowed to her. We shall see about that. I challenge you to a duel. You shall soon see that I am the bravest and strongest knight. Gwen drew her own wooden sword, adjusted her shield and bowed back. We shall duel to the death. May the best warrior win. She took the first jab, forcing Walt to step back, and for several minutes they sparred. The only sound in the warm summer's afternoon was the clacking of wood against wood and their squeals when a strike hit too close. They had just been on holiday to North Wales, and while they were there they had visited the caves of King Arthur. Inspired by their boat trip into the darkest depths of the mountain to see the dragons, they had begged their mum to let them buy swords and shields with their pocket money. At first, she had tried to convince Gwen to get a pretty dress, but the young girl wasn't interested in being the fair maiden. She was far more interested in being a warrior princess. It seemed like a much better idea. Hey, that was too hard, Walt yelped as Gwen's wooden sword made contact with his leg. Oops, Gwen giggled, continuing to advance on him. 
While dodging another side jab, Walt jumped quickly to one side and felt something fall out of his shorts pocket. "'What's that?' Gwen asked, pausing her jabs for a moment, a little out of breath. "'Nothing,' he said quickly, grabbing the small, dirt-encrusted object and shoving it back into his pocket. He brought his sword up, determined to get his sister back for the side jabs. "'Walt! Gwen! Dinner!' Distracted by her mum's call, Gwen lost her footing while dodging Walt's jabs and stumbled, falling onto the grass. Walt went in for the kill and, after tapping her on the arm, declared, "'And the night is victorious!' Gwen pushed her blonde hair out of her eyes and sighed, "'I will get you next time, knight, and we shall then see who is best to kill the beast!' Giggling, Walt held a hand out to help her up, and they ran down the narrow garden path back to the house. At the sliding door that led to the lounge, they stopped and put their swords and shields in the storage box that held all the outdoor toys, which kept them dry and safe in the unpredictable but generally wet Welsh weather. Then Walt pulled the sliding door open to let them both in, pushing it shut behind them. "'Shoes!' their mum yelled, making them stop and kick off their trainers onto the mat by the door before heading to the dining table where their mum was laying out their lunch. Continuing with their play, Walt declared, "'Why?' "'Old maiden, this is surely a feast you have laid before us.' "'Old?' his mum shrieked, clutching at her shirt dramatically. "'Why, dear knight, you do wound me. "'But I am glad that this feast is to your liking. "'Hast thou slain a dragon or two? "'Gwen sat at the table and gasped in pretend shock. "'Mother, you cannot slay dragons. "'They are rare and must be protected.' "'Huh,' the mum said as she put the bowl of salad in the middle of the table and then sat down next to Walt. "'I do apologise, young maiden. In that case, I do hope thou hast not slain any today.' She served Walt and Gwen some rice and potato salad, and they helped themselves to the other dishes of coleslaw, pickles and cheese. "'I'm glad you're enjoying the swords,' she said, dropping her medieval tone. "'It was a fun trip, wasn't it? Perhaps we can go up there again next summer.' "'It was fun,' Walt agreed, as as he crunched a carrot stick covered with yoghurt dip. There was something quite magical about that seaside town we visited, too. I wish we lived closer to the sea. Gwen sighed. Me too. I met that really nice girl there, Paige. She was a little odd, as she kept insisting that mermaids were real, and that she had become one herself, but she was really nice. The mum chuckled. She did seem lovely, if a little old to be believing in such things. Is it possible to be too old to believe? Walt asked sounding far wiser than his own eleven years. His mum smiled at him. That's a fair question. Perhaps it's not possible. I suppose it's just been a while since I had any magic in my life. I think I have forgotten how to believe. Walt sighed at the sad tone in his mother's voice. He knew she was referring to the recent divorce from his dad. It had not been amicable, and they'd had to leave their home in the countryside, a big old farmhouse with fields where they played and built dens. Their new home was a tiny terraced house in an old mining valley. They were sandwiched between a man who had too many cats, they could smell them when they were out in the garden sometimes, and a lady who hoarded all sorts of rubbish. Her front and back garden were filled to the brim with old fridges, doors, windows, tyres, rusting scrap metal, tools, furniture, you name it, it was probably there. It looked like the local rubbish dump. The locals referred to her as the Dragon Lady, probably because she didn't like it when they complained about the mess. Walt knew that his mum missed the countryside, and their old home. She had tried to make their new one cosy and bright, but their neighbours did make it difficult. He ate his lunch slowly, 
wondering what he could do to cheer his mum up. He would ask his sister what she thought. Perhaps they could make something for her? I was thinking we could go to the beach soon and pop in to see some old friends, their mum suggested. Their old house had only been out half an hour from the seaside. Walt did miss it. Maybe we could get chips for dinner on the pier, he asked hopefully. It had been their Sunday evening tradition before. Gwen started bouncing up and down in her chair. Oh please, it would feel like old times. Their mum smiled. All right then, chips on the pier it is. Walt wanted to ask if they could have ice cream too, but he knew that his mum didn't have a lot of money to spare at the moment. Perhaps he could take some of his pocket money to get them all ice creams. Maybe that would cheer his mum up? He helped himself to some more bread and smiled. He thought that a cone of mint chocolate chip would definitely do the trick. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We'll be back again with you soon.